We are back with another episode of the Black Box Podcast. I'm your host, John. And this time, we're actually bringing back uh, Luca Betamarco, who was one of the, <clears throat> sorry, one of the first few guests on the Black Box Podcast. And back then, he was working for Microfabrica as a process engineer of sorts and basically aiding in the in chip manufacturing. Now, we're talking about playback engineering. So, he basically made a career change into an entirely different field. But if you know Luca, his passions have always resided in music and, you know, live performances and stuff like that. So this is more, the bigger picture of the episode is that while he still is young, he made the decision to take that risk and go for trying to make a career that is a little more difficult, but something that he truly loves and is passionate about every day. Um, and you know, that's something that we always like to talk about here on the black box podcast as hard as it can be. And there are situations where you, you, it's not feasible if you don't have, you know, savings to get you through tough times. If you're not making consistent money or if you have a family, you need to take care of, you know, plenty of reasons. So I'm not saying like anyone could just stop and do what they're passionate about right now. It's more like there are situations when you can, and there are situations where you should take advantage of those opportunities and, you know, Luca did. So that's why I wanted to have him on again. And I just, I think it's, you know, super dope that he's traveling the world and, you know, aiding in performance and productions of, for like, you know, really well-known artists, you know, that's pretty much it. Great. Cool episode. It was a little more chill, you know, Luca's my boy, but I think there's some good points to take out of it and just, you know, never give up on your dreams kind of thing. But all right, let's get into it. We'll talk about it. And at the end, Luca gives you a little treat. He plays some guitar, and I think it was really cool. But uh, all right, let's get into it. Hey, guys. Just wanted to shout out Zencaster, our platform of choice for recording remotely with our guests. Uh, they're sponsoring this episode, so tune in later to hear more about some really great offers. Hey, y'all. We're really excited to tell you about Black Ice, the Black-owned jewelry business owned by Sean Moore, uh, our previous guest on the Black Box podcast. If you think if you think about it, Black Ice and like Black Box, it's like it's it's almost like it's meant to be. Uh, Exactly. Um, yeah, but you know, we like to focus on investing in the show. So, you know, we kind of look at it as we're partnering up with a asset class, you know, jewelry is considered an investment. And with the, you know, stock market and crypto being pretty volatile right now, and most for the most part going down, um, jewelry, especially precious metals, you know, gold and silver, those tend to preserve their value really well. So, you know, that's also another reason why we think it's a a good opportunity. But also, you know, I've worked with Sean in the past. I got a gift for my mother actually for Mother's Day. It was a pretty a relatively custom piece, nothing crazy, but you know, Sean was quick, he was easy, he was responsive, the price was fair, and you know, we just met up and transaction was easy and my mom loved the gift, so Yeah, if this all sounds good to you, check out Black Ice's website at blackicenyc um and at all socials and uh, there's a V instead of an A for the black. So as you guys are probably used to with little letter substitutions by us, but you could find stock goods there. And Sean also specializes in custom goods with quick turnaround times. 
yeah uh sean does great custom pieces i've seen a bunch of them on his social media but um yeah he's also good for sourcing you know like watches specific rolexes anything like that they're looking for he can also get you a better price and you know if you're going to you know a bigger name shop or someone that you don't really know that might try to gouge you on the price so along with that it's also supporting an upcoming entrepreneur he's had a lot of success he just celebrated his one year anniversary of the business had a really nice party and um let's get back to the show and we are live luca this is number two episode number two last time we were talking about your career as a process engineer in a field related to microchips and that's kind of what we based the episode around and this time we're going to be talking about something completely different because you've had a little bit of a career change yourself if you want to just cover that quickly totally yeah so i previously when i was last on the show i was working at microfabrica which was you know working in the semiconductor space and at the time that i was doing that i was also volunteering on the side at a local music venue in downtown la um just doing some volunteer front of house sound which is the the sound at the uh back of the crowd making sure it sounds good for the audience and um I mean, one night we had a, a some somewhat bigger artist come through and uh, his sound tech that night I met and got to talking to and ended up, uh, he's, he, well, he's now my boss because um, I ended up going to his house on like weekends and like learning about what it is that I now do. So what that is, is playback engineering, which is a really crucial part of a lot of um, modern shows concerts live performances yeah um so i guess what is playback yeah so playback it's namesake some people like joke around and like to call playback guys space bar pressers um (laughs) (laughs) because you press play but playback is at its core what it sounds like playing tracks live it's backing tracks you know, most most major shows nowadays they use um, backing tracks for live shows to make the performance sound fuller and more similar to what it sounds like just listening to their studio album, just to basically create a, a more voluminous uh, live sound. And it open it becomes really for a lot of major productions, it becomes the hub for the show in the regard that when you switch to track, uh, you know, it, it oftentimes will require, uh, or it, it's easier to use tracks when you're also, you know, having your band be like on ears with a click and having it all be, you know, on the grid so that it's, as they say, so that it's all um, snapped to you know your your tempo with the the yeah. tracks and what that opens the door for is essentially all these other things that you can automate with the show and one of the uh one of the cool things for that for instance is like uh playback guys will frequently send time code to the video teams 
whereby the video for like music festivals and stuff is synced to the what the band is playing behind them um and you know it's like no matter where in the song you were to if you were to start playing halfway through song number five or whatever the the visuals would immediately snap to that point in the song gotcha um, so, so is and, it about and, like synchronizing or like transitioning um yeah it's keep it's about keeping really tight sync so that when you play the video it's like essentially the way it works is that the when when the playback guy playing audio then it's play on the first song the video just starts with the song okay so that's why i said it becomes the hub for the whole show kind of is that you know the, the video team is likely you know a whole separate team and all but because the the audio is the source of all of the, the information the data yeah the and yeah the cues the the start of the song as pressed play by the playback operator will also be the start of the video and as well as you know the click tracks i mean it's part of the playback but the click tracks going to the band members so that's another thing is all of the all of the um you know clicks and slates going to the band members um oh really like into their ears uh, or yeah yeah so it's like that way the band um because well, you know the band has to hear varying levels of the backing tracks and their live instruments and all that in order to stay in sync with the track i mean like what what you wouldn't want to have happen is to introduce backing tracks just for the band to end up getting out of sync and you make the performance worse that's like the opposite of what you would want so you have to um and i mean there's there there are some ways of of uh including certain backing tracks without click um in certain circumstances but i mean for the most part it's it's pretty difficult to um to do that without a click yeah unless it's like unless it's some like really programmed part that's like perfectly on the grid but i think you're, even you're then, losing me just a, a slight tad because I have no idea, I don't have a great idea sorry. as to what. All no, of I'm sorry. Is. No, I'm just, you're good. I'm just going out the t- when I say when when I what I meant by on the grid was like um, perfectly on beat. You know, okay. Because yeah, you, yeah. I mean, even even your drum player is 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 not going to be like perfect perfectly on on the beat. You know, and they so set the, like, the major beat for the song. So yeah, and okay. I mean that's a that's okay in general. It won't sound bad with live drums and a uh true drum track in the backing uh track as long as it's done right it's you know mixed right but they need the click you know a lot of times to do that in in fact in fact a lot of times drummers like to have clicks in their ear when they're either recording or playing live in general just to make you know help them just help keep keep them on track since they're providing gotcha. the, the, the rhythm for everybody but well yeah there's like especially when you're performing live there's probably a bunch of different distractions so you need i guess whatever help you can to just make sure you're not screwing up yeah <laughs> i don't know i feel like if i got up and performed like there's so many things that can go wrong but also i 
am not artistic and have very little musical talent, <laughs> but that's just besides the point. Um, yeah. So I guess that's kind of what you do. And that's kind of what a playback person does. They're like orchestrate everything, but how did it go from you meeting this guy to you doing what you do now? And I guess what is like a typical, like how is business done for you? Like I, I can just say, cause I know we've talked enough that you get like gigs, you get jobs. Maybe you could walk us through how that goes, that process goes and how you would like, you know, a, a trip would go. Do you travel like all that stuff? Yeah, totally. So um, when I started down this path, I formed my own LLC. So um, I, I work with an agency, I work within a, a network of uh, other engineers that, you know, the, the, the clients that we work with within the agency are, you know, it's like the agency's clients. And I am essentially an independent contractor because of the way California's laws work. You know, I have my own uh, LLC. And, uh, so that's, it's, it's my own LLC for using with the agency that I mainly work with or other clients, of my own on the side. Um, you know, yeah, so you don't have to work for one company. You're really like you're self-employed. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. basically just saying that I'm self-employed. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, we love we love to be self-employed in California with our eight hundred dollars a year in annual franchise tax or whatever it's called. Really? Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Did, you, did you file taxes already? Yeah, yeah. I, I still have to. How did that process go? I guess. Uh, it was a pain. To be honest, it was it was a really big pain. Was it gathering a lot of expenses year. and shit? Like. Yeah, but also I just had so many different sources because, you know, I also do yeah. stock stuff. And, and then on top of that, I had my, I mean, well, this is easy, but I had my W-2 from my, um, the, the last few months at my, my old job. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. so yeah, I'll talk a little bit about how I actually got started with this. So um you know there was a lot to learn for playback because playback is is quite a niche thing even within the music space and live music space uh playback is something that not a lot of people do or have the know-how to do at a, a really high level uh it gets very part of the reason is that it gets really techy um so i had to learn a lot of technology and I was, I was there at my boss's house, you know, helping him repair and assemble rigs for playback and just meeting a bunch of the engineers that would come through his house and we, you know, work on rigs and, you know, we, you know, get to talk to, to these people who are the best at what they do and really just learn, learn, uh, from the, the best how to do playback and uh yeah there's it's a very technical thing because not only are we you know playing this audio out 
but we also will be doing things like MIDI cognitivity with all the instruments on stage running into interfaces on our rig and stuff yeah. because I mean, for instance, and one of the things you would do for playback uh, is virtual instruments where you have like one keyboard on stage and every song you're sending a program or patch change so that as soon as you hit play on song number two, keyboard on stage updates to its settings to song number two settings. And the That's way you, sick. Yeah, it's sick. <laughs> I mean, I, I've done, I've done some big shows where everything is um, literally everything is programmed out where it's like I hit play on the next song and another, you know, all the, all of this program changes go out to like, so that the keyboard on stage, like two guitar pedals on stage and, you know, all these other things that they're all like, they will all be, um, you know, Manipulated put by like a certain signal or something like that. Yeah, they'll all, just, they'll all just be put onto the next song as soon as I hit play. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it's all programmed out. It's all automated. It's very cool. Uh, and then the, there's also vocal processing too, live vocal processing. So That all actually interests me because it's, you know, it is engineering in its own aspect but it's basically like a protocol probably that all these apps are all like the tools and different programs used together and then they just communicate via that that's how they send the messages in like packets is probably how they do it but um yeah and then also on the other aspect with the audio that's like analog signals yeah analog yeah, signal MIDI, processing and whatnot so midi is basically it just gives like these um it's giving <laughs> MIDI. The way it works is like there's like 16, you know, possible channels of MIDI and it'll just give these note on note off, um, messages or control change messages. There's a, there's a pretty finite amount of possible messages MIDI can send, but basically a lot of times the way it works is you can program your, your equipment, to listen to any old MIDI note. Like it could just, it could, you could basically be programming your things to be like, okay, so when I hit play on this MIDI controller, it'll send C2, like the note, like, oh, uh, like okay, C2 okay. in MIDI, in a MIDI data packet to, you know, this, which no, it just knows it's programmed. It knows to listen for C2 to trigger this. So it's like, um, that's probably exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's sick. Um, yeah. So I, I mean like just to keep driving the convo, I, we could just yeah. BS the whole time, but, um, yeah. So I guess that's, that's kind of how you started, you know, you met him through the volunteering and then, that now it's your boss basically you started doing work with them but um i guess what's like yeah yeah let's just let's just go with uh what's um like a normal trip like what's a normal job looking like like how how does it work with like communication of signing like do you just get booked out or do you get to negotiate like do they do they pay for everything like how's how's that we can cover that quickly um yeah, uh, 
I mean, it's pretty much thing. Thing is, with music business, is that it's a pretty personal, uh, pretty personal business. I mean, everybody, I would say, does their business a little differently. But in general, I mean, you know, we all have, you know, you have your your negotiated rate with a client, and um, I, that that's about it. I, I would say that it's kind of um it's hard to say like what kind of variation there is because it's it's not really like um there's not necessarily an established norm for rates and rate negotiations there are certain standards that are that are established i mean like i would say that uh people use day rates is kind of the system um but every every artist is different and has different budgets and it's kind of up to every person every audio professional to make a decision about whether certain artists um budget meets their yeah. expectations and i guess it's like a self-regulating market in a way because yeah. it's like determined by if the people that like the you the playback engineers determine if this person's offering high enough and if they're not and they're consistently getting turned down from being able to hire people because their rate is too low then they'd eventually have to raise their rate in a way yeah yeah i I suppose or or figure out how to run a show with fewer elements i suppose but um yeah so a typical day a typical gig well, yeah. it depends. You have your one-offs, which is just a one, like it sounds a one-off show, which might be in your city where I live in Los Angeles. There's quite a few of those that uh, I'll, I'll take. Um, that's just, if it's in your home city, you could just drive there. And, you know, it's like you have rehearsal. Maybe you have like rehearsal the day before or whatnot. And then there's one-offs that are in Tokyo, you know, and those, that's funny. It's like you fly you know take a take a flight booked by your by the artists that you work with or whatnot and go do a show in some other country it could you know one-offs can i've done both of those types um i certainly yeah. like i like traveling it's a huge part i mean it is like one of the major parts <laughs> of live performance is traveling um yeah i mean one of the things that you know whenever you tell me about what you've been up to one of the parts that i'm always thinking is the coolest but also you know like the probably the biggest pro to it all is the traveling like yeah you've to go that, to a bunch of different bunch of sick places all over the world at this point and it's only been what a year Have, has it been a year yeah yeah it's been close to a year um yeah i mean the thing is you got to get really good at day trips i guess <laughs> because you typically won't have more than a day or two to yourself in between gigs um you know largely because when you're away from home you know the day rates will continue on day offs any day that you're away from home um typically so uh yeah they'll they'll, they're gonna pay you for the whole time that you're there and working even if it's an off day and then they're also what going to take care of your travel and accommodations. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You know the seems pretty standard, regular, standard stuff. Um. I mean, like I said, I don't know that there's different 
negotiations. I, it, basically, anything that could be conceived of that could be agreed to is fair game. Yeah, I would say um, as long as it's probably not anything too ridiculous. Yeah, but um, well, it depends. I mean, like for instance, what I do is like there there's no like union for playback or something like so for what i do for instance is pretty um pretty off of that kind of a grid so gotcha okay more self-negotiated but uh yeah so tour it's the other thing it's the other big thing oh yeah you're right you're right is um the coveted tour you know would be yeah like a u.s full like domestic full domestic tour full international tour what have you those will have much longer you'll you might be in rehearsal for like two weeks before you actually set out on a tour um and then you're working with the same people for a set period of time and stuff but also like you're you're getting paid indefinitely at that until for the entirety of the tour right it depends. I mean, sometimes like you'll be at routed back home for a couple days here and there for day offs. Um, but even if your day offs are in a city that's not your own, then yeah, I mean, let's say that. I'm saying, yeah. So like most of the days of every month you're going to be getting paid, which is pretty sick. Yeah. I, I guess mean, to- that's where that's- like it becomes worth it. Yeah. Tours are basically the financial bread and butter for, audio professional live audio professionals it's it's the only way to to make enough money to really offset any like inconsistencies in work and whatnot and um you know people who are touring for the whole year can do pretty pretty well for themselves um and um, it's a really it's it's a really chaotic thing being on tour it's like well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you get paid for what you're doing. Like, it's probably a lot of hectic, like, you know, you're traveling and then you got a limited amount of time to get everything situated and set up. And you're also then working with the same people for, you know, months at a time, living with them basically in a way. Like, you get your I own mean, rooms, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just like bus life, <laughs> you know. Well, that too. You don't have any, like, solidified place. People, like, domicile. Yeah. Yeah, so. um Yeah, people have a. I haven't been on a uh, a full length tour yet. A lot of the shows that I did last year were a lot of like kind of fly date, fly tour like shows, which is um, another thing that you can have where it's like you know a number of shows, but it's just they're all kind of pieced together fly dates. Um, like you go for a weekend or something like a long weekend Um, and you do a few shows or well um yeah or but you'll it'll be like you fly to this city and rehearse or and then you fly to this other city for the show and then you fly gotcha maybe fly back home for a day and then fly out again to another city for another show it's like it's just it's just more so like piecemeal than a, a, a full tour is a full tour it's like everyone hops on the bus and you hit city after city after city after city and um that's how that goes but that gotcha so i haven't i haven't had the, the chance to do that yet but i i uh have i've been told 
it seems like it's one of the more challenging aspects for like mental health and just um really like life on the road just or just like yeah, maintain, yeah. maintaining like a semblance Sanity. of your routine and, and whatnot on the road is is one of the challenges that uh, a lot of people say for them um okay that makes i sense. mean like people you know people who do this yeah have it down. your environment's always changing so it's yeah kind of, i think it's, it's also just kind of hard to sleep on the bus you know definitely so it's kind of hard it's like these little bunks like constantly like yeah i wouldn't be able to do that i mean i could fall asleep in any environment but just getting asleep would be a problem there and i'd probably get car sick not gonna lie um unless there was anything else you wanted to say there i was gonna ask you kind of deviate from this as a whole and bring it more to like the idea that you know you had to make an important decision at a point almost a year ago where you know you could either pick to keep the safe and secure job one that you you know you didn't absolutely hate but you didn't love it by any means and between that and you know doing something you love and you've always had a love for music and live performances and you know you got your guitar in your hand right now we'll we'll hear something later when we fucking wrap it up but uh you know, like how, how, how did that come down? Like, how'd you come to the decision and what, what would the thoughts going through your head at that time? Yeah. So I had worked for close to two years at that company and I was making, you know, good money. And so I was like, well, I, I saved my money up pretty well. I had a solid amount of, of cash that, could sustain me on its own for like a year you know it was like a year plus just if i just sat at home and did nothing so it was like all right well i'm gonna if i do this i may not have steady income uh right away like you know i might just be doing like uh this gig or that gig here or there but based off of the you know the cash reserves that i had at the time and the fact that I was would you know get jumping right into doing some gigs would be made me feel confident. I was like I've kind of given myself the best footing for this as I could. I mean, I wouldn't recommend yeah. doing this kind of thing if you don't like. You need some kind of financial. It's just a fact. You need some way, yeah. way to pay your bills. And if you're coming from a pretty highly paid job and you have a financial basis on that. Okay, sure. Um, and, uh, basically the first gig that I was able to work on was a semi-regular gig. Um, this is play play in Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, I think like my, my boss was, uh, he, you know, offered that to me and, um, you know, basically the thought that was running through my head was, all right, well, I've got this semi-regular thing and I've got cash stockpiles pretty high and I'm super motivated to try this, this new thing and, you know, explore this, this awesome world that I haven't, haven't been, uh, that or that is so different than what I had been doing. 
and was excited and I just took a leap. You sent it. Which is which is at the end of the day the the final thing you have to do is actually take the leap. It, it was kind of crazy last month at my job too because uh our that company's parent company is a Italian uh company and yeah they went public uh, I'd been on a business trip there before and in my last two weeks before I left they were like hey we need someone to go to Italy <laughs> it's like you want to go to Italy your last two weeks? oh yeah I remember that that was sick so, yeah, I was like, well, sure, you know, but, um, and so that's how I made my exit. So I felt even better about going out on those terms and yeah, I think, um, now, you know, um, now, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just excited to keep doing what I've been doing and, um, work with more more artists get more gigs under my belt and um just always learning more stuff i guess like what's been the biggest challenge so far like i guess obviously there's some you know financial and like resource-based challenges but what about like mentally has it been like tough you know like trying to get work and so i starting out so yeah, I mean there there's definitely there's definitely a mental a mental um challenge in months when work is lighter and um even though I have cash stockpile or I have you know I've have had <laughs> cash stockpiles um <laughs> in those off months you want to you want to like do some other, you know, have other streams of income or whatnot. And so figuring that out was a, a challenge. Uh, Cause I came from not really having being in a W2 situation where I didn't have to really be too scrappy. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, as far as the, the, the job itself goes, I think the biggest challenge was, was, becoming this uh one man machine sort of this one man team because you're never a one man team in an artist camp everybody has their own jobs but um it's kind of like you know whereas like my old company it's like one team is basically like one job is basically split up amongst the team it's like you kind of are yeah. your own team in yeah. this in this one kind of army. role you know, it's like, um, it's, if you're, if it's, you know, 2 a.m. in Dubai and, um, you know, you're working on some kind of like session, some kind of like live session or whatnot doing, you know, doing edits and, and that, you know, that's entirely your game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like and, no one's going to um, help you or do it for you. You can't hand it off to anyone. Like it's just a responsibility. I feel like, right. It's just, you're, it's just a, it's just a significant amount of responsibility. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. to, you're carrying a production on your shoulders in large part. And, and it's, it's not fair to, to say that, that that's fully the case, but 
it's just kind of um you the show as it is could not necessarily happen without uh, a successful playback experience so yeah it's it's really critical it's really show critical that um you know all your all your what's the phrase chickens are in oh yeah your eggs are in a row all your eggs are in a row is that it i think that's Um, what it is and so (laughs) yeah it, it can be challenging at times when you're abroad in other countries and unfamiliar places um to keep tabs on all the all the things it's like you have to make sure that all of your gear gets there first of all you know through through tsa and then through just baggage services and um undamaged gets there undamaged and then you have to worry about local power supply requirements this and that there's a million little things to consider i didn't even think about any of that yeah there's probably so yeah it makes sense you never want to get to a venue in turkey and be like have your you know your main power outlet not be working it's like, it's like yeah. one of the things with playback guys, we always bring backups of everything. I have like multiple backups of a lot of like pieces, especially when I travel abroad, like things like um, power adapters and power strips and stuff. That it, becomes a, like, it becomes a pretty burden, like big burden to travel with uh, so much of that, those backups for various things. But it's, it's kind of, it's needed for peace of mind. You know, you have to have backups um i i think i forgot to mention earlier that on top of all of like the 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 playback audio playback the midi the vocal effects and all of that um there's also redundancy that um that's a hugely critical part of what uh, modern playback programmers and techs deal with is uh is building redundant systems that if you lose one show computer, your main show computer for any number of reasons that you'll have seamless automatic switch over to a backup show computer with its own, yeah. Um, with its own, you know, DA converter, uh, its own digital to analog yeah. converter. And, um, so it's basically swapping over to like a duplicate it's power supply. Yeah. Um, basically, as many as many things as you can make. Kind of a goal of, of playback guys to make as many things redundant as they can. You know, power supply, um, computer interface, DA conversion. Um, Any p- possible point of failure, I guess. Exactly. You just want to. Yeah. You just want to. Yeah. You want to. Um, um, increase the amounts of yeah. points of failure that you have. Increase the amounts or decrease the amount or just cover all of the amounts. No, I know. It, I know it, it sounds counterintuitive, but increase the amounts because you don't want to have like a single box. You want, it's like not preferable at least 
Um, sometimes we do use certain products that are really popular that will oh, do, I get what you mean. like okay. all in ones, but like there is a danger to using an all in one product as well. You basically need to just yeah, th- throw it away if it fucks up and just get like a just swap over to a brand new entire all in one machine when like if you could swap out one smaller thing, then that would be well, because for example, if like both of your computers are going into one interface that is switching between the computers, that's all well and good. But if the interface breaks, your backup computer might be fine or both computers might be fine. But if you don't also have a backup interface, you know, so it's, it's another thing. Um, I think it's, it's moving further towards a lot of people are using like all in one units, but a lot of the rigs that I've worked on with uh, the agency that I work with, um, which is called Electronic Creatives, by the way. Um, Electronic Creatives. Shout yeah, out. Shout out. Um, a lot of the rigs that we work on are designed to have maximum redundancy in terms of in terms of um, actually redundant conversion and interfaces and got you podcasting remotely can be challenging but with zencaster the process becomes much easier zencaster is an all-in-one web-based solution that makes the process pretty painless and simple um zencaster allows to bring you guys our listeners the best quality by providing crystal clear audio and gorgeous hd video when we record with our guests uh zencaster is also easy to use for new users and guests so you know when we have people on the podcast who haven't used a platform before we pretty much just tell them to show up with a computer mic and uh, headphones and you're pretty much good to go um zencaster is pretty plug and play uh but from local recording to automated post-production tools you don't even have to leave the browser to finish off your episode Use the code zen.ai slash blackbox and enter our promo code blackbox. You'll get 30% off the first three months of Zencaster Pro. It's time to share your story. The reason why I wanted to have you on to talk about it was more because of like the fact that most people, you know, well, there's many other reasons I could play into it. But like if you have a family and you have a responsibility to take care of other people, you wouldn't really be able to do this. But I feel like there's a lot of people, especially the audience that we have, which is mostly younger adults. Um, it's scary to take a leap towards something that you have no idea if it's going to work out, but it could be your passion. You know, in most cases, like it, what you want to do is usually what you're passionate about. And then you kind of take the safer, maybe, you know, you got that good paying job, that six figure job, and you're okay with that. And you're just going to ride it out instead of, you know, taking the risk. I mean, if there's anything you could tell that person now, what would you say? Don't do it. Don't take the risk. <laughs> Don't do it. Go back. No. Um, no. Uh, what I would say is that, I mean, do it when you're young, first of all. I mean, I'm only 24. It's why I feel okay doing it. <laughs> but um, I got 23 when I did it. Um, but, I mean – I think the important thing is if you're going to, if you're going to take a risk like that to have a contingency or like have like, just plan it out. Just like have a plan and just be, you know, be as little 
as non you kind of it's it's unfortunate but you have to be kind of as on it about your plan as you can i mean you have to forecast how far your savings can get you and and you know be aware that if you know you have to make money at your new endeavor as soon as you can and find ways to make money part-time if you can't in the meantime like it's that's the economic reality you know do what you have to gotta um, grind it out doordash if you have to i don't know little side hustles little side DoorDash is so bad so bad yeah so i didn't do doordash i've done uber and that uber, wasn't uh, yeah i so mean hard. it basically so hard. breaks you even at the end of the year <laughs> Or whenever Break, you stop doing it. Yeah, you, you, you don't say, make much. Yeah, yeah after taxes. You said it breaks up. you breaks you even, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, it breaks you it's, even. Yeah, it's 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 really not it's like impossible to actually make money doing those things. I don't understand. You give me a bunch of your time, I give you net zero income. <laughs> yeah. And like thousands of miles of wear and tear yeah. on your car. Maintenance on your car. That's kind of factored in, though, to the breaking even, like the bottom line. But regardless, but send us out, bro. Appreciate you for coming you, on. For the second time, yeah, me? we can hear you. We can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>